Today's episode is brought to you by Dr. Dish, trusted and innovation solution basketball training machines. Check out their revolutionary skill building program at drdishbasketball.com. Welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Pirano. Today's guest, Jefferson Mason from Dr. Dish Basketball joins the show. We talk hoops, life. Let's dive right in with Mason. So welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Pirano, here with Coach Mason. What's up, Coach? How you doing, man? I'm happy to be here with you. Oh, man, it's a pleasure. Uh, it really is. Um, I just want to dive right in with some uh, questions with you. Um, I know that you know you obviously played high school ball out there in Minnesota. Uh, you went and played some college and overseas. Um, how, how was the college uh, life for you uh, in terms of basketball? You know what? I had a lot of up and down um, when I was in, in playing college basketball. It was a lot different than what I expected. Um, you have to understand, you know, majority of guys or girls that have an opportunity to play out of high school are usually, you know, the top one, two, or three players at their own high school. So there's a natural ego that comes with that I think at times and I think I was a really down-to-earth kid in high school but um, you know I was into myself I was a pretty good high school basketball player at least you know in in my school and so for me when I went to college it was more of a shell shock for me that um, I wasn't as good as I thought I was Uh, I ended up playing out in northern Colorado for Tad Boyle and uh, went out there and and had to compete with some really other high-level talented players. And then on top of that, I mean, we went out and played an incredibly tough, uh, you know, schedule my, my first couple of years. And I really quickly realized that I wasn't as good as I thought I was. And, and that was an initial adjustment uh, for me as a player. Uh, what I would say is, though, I was able to do, I think, what a lot of other players, um, you know, sometimes fail to do nowadays is I was able to adjust. Um that adversity that I hit, you know, my first couple of years in college trying to figure out where I fit in and, and how I could get better really uh, made me the player that I ultimately became. And, and I think, um, you know, after a couple of years of trying to figure it all out, um, I was very fortunate to kind of turn it around. I ended up uh, transferring to Minnesota State where we were really, really uh, successful as a team. And then, you know, a lot of the individual accolades and awards came for me after that. So, I mean, I, I started off, you know, I, I want to say low um, and, and learning just the game and trying to figure things out and learning from my coaches. And, and it ended up turning around for me in, you know, my last couple of years. Man, that's really cool. Um, was there ever like a really close mentor that helped you through this, uh, I would say emotional roller coaster in basketball through college, whether it was maybe a coach was helping you out, a trainer, or maybe even a senior, uh, upperclassman? 
You know what? For me, um, I, I really didn't have that. I know a lot of kids these days have uh, coaches and mentors that kind of stick with them throughout their entire basketball careers and, and so on and so forth. For me, I, I really didn't have that. I mean, I had my family and I had my close friends and I had my teammates that were kind of going through the same things that I was. And I, I could name off uh, a ton of a ton of coaches that I know. One of my, my one of my good friends, uh, Coach Pete Caffey, he's out in uh, Arizona right now, with AZ Compass Prep. He was a guy that was around my age that um, you know I, I played with and was a good friend of mine. And he was a guy that I talked to, you know, throughout my entire college career. And you know, some of my old teammates, Jermaine Davis, I played with him in high school and ended up finishing with him. Um, you know, in in college, he was a guy that went through a lot of the ups and downs that that I did as well. And you know, my parents and, um, you know, my brother is a, another guy that I, I constantly talk to about, you know, where I was at my, you know, basketball playing in, in my mental state. And, you know, I, I relied on all of these different people to kind of keep me in order, make sure that, you know, I, I kept my priorities in check and what I wanted to do and that if I set a goal out that I would continue to, to work towards it and, and reach that. But I was very fortunate to have great coaches. I mean, out in, in Northern Colorado had Tad Boyle, who is now the head coach over at university of Colorado. And he's fantastic. I mean, he, he knows the game like no other. And, and then I transferred in, I played at Minnesota state for, you know, Matt Mar Margenthaler and, and uh, coach shot over there. I mean, two guys that have built a, a, a D2 powerhouse over there year after year. And, so for me to be able to get the knowledge, uh, you know, in the direction from some really high-level coaches really helped me, I think, uh, get to where I needed to go and, and stay focused within the game. Man, that's really cool. That's actually really, really cool that, that you had that many people to help you. Uh, you know, myself, um, it's kind of funny how you said you you, you realize you, you, you're filling your game so much, but then you get out of this little realm of life or city and then you realize you go, damn, I'm not that tight. And yeah. it's funny. Cause I, I had the same, the same uh, thing happen to me as a, it was really cool as a, as a sophomore in high school playing basketball, but that ultimately got me so much better the next two years because I figured out what I needed to work on my game and my craft in order to get to the next level. So yeah, that's really cool that, uh, you shared that now when you, when you went over, uh, you actually played in the G league, well, the D league, right. And then, um, yeah. overseas, how was that yep. bouncing from team to team? You know what it was, uh, at times it was difficult, but it was a life that, that I wanted to live. And I was, uh, you know, extremely thankful for the opportunities that were ahead of me. I mean, there's a lot of guys that would, would die literally, I think to, to have an opportunity to play over in, in Europe or the G league or for a team. And for me, I was, I was very, very fortunate that my senior year, our, our, uh, our team at Minnesota state, uh, we made it to the final four. Um, you know, we had uh, an amazing year as a, as a collective group. And for me, I, I was very, very fortunate to, you know, garnish a lot of accolades, all American and, you know, all these different things that allotted me the, the opportunity to have some of these agents and teams reach out. So for me, you know, just being able to take that next step, uh, meant so much. And so to bounce around and all that, I mean, that, I knew that that was going to be a part of the, part of the gig and, and that's kind of what happened I mean obviously 
if I could have signed a 10-year deal, you know, with the Minnesota Timberwolves or somebody like that for $100 million, I would have I would have done that myself. But, you know, that's just not how it works out for, you know, 90% of the basketball players out there for me. So, you know, I, I had an opportunity right out of, right out of college to uh, play in Pro-A Germany uh, for, at the time, their web, uh, web mobile baskets. And, um, you know, it was a really good team. They, they, were, they were looking to move up. Um, and gave me an opportunity to play the game that I played. I had a really, really good year with a couple other amazing guys that I'm still friends with to this day. Um, and from there, it gave me an opportunity to kind of kind of grow in my career. You know, I, I worked out with the Timberwolves for a good three months or so um, and, and almost made the team there built some really good connections within the organization and within the players at that time and then got drafted and and went down and played in in the d-league for the dallas mavericks so i mean each level of of play that i was at was a different experience i was asked to do different things and i had to mold and change my game and change who i was and adjust if i wanted to you know even have an opportunity to be on a roster and and at times that was difficult for sure but you know for me um, you know, it was already built in into me as a player uh, to be able to do that. And I was just very thankful and happy to be playing. So, you know, whether that was in Germany, Romania, you know, Turkey, the D-League, the Timberwolves, uh, you know, Germany, it didn't matter to me where I was or what I was doing. I just knew that I wanted to play ball and I wanted to give everything I had on the court. Wow, yeah, that's really cool. And it, it, not only that, but it makes you such more – of a well-rounded not only human being in life because basketball does uh, teach us a lot of uh, values throughout life but that teaches you how to be a role player on the court i mean i have an aau program when we have six teams and it's it's really funny when you get kids that are very talented and they need they want to be ball dominant and it's like you can't be this person there's probably 15 to 20 guys in the world that are ball dominant you have to respect the game and learn your role and it's some and for some kids it's really tough and it's tough for their parents that's why they bounce from team to team am, am i right yeah 110 percent. i mean that's one of the biggest things that i hear from you know parents and players nowadays is is they're constantly saying well how can i get my player to be that superstar player on their team. And it just doesn't always work out that way. I mean, you go to some teams and you watch some teams play and they got five girls or guys on the, the basketball court that move the ball well, that cheer the ball. And at any moment in time, any one of those players can be the star player. And you have some other teams that you look and you see, okay, this is their number one and number two player and they're going to have the ball in their hands most of the game and everybody else is going to kind of fit in. And depending on your team, depending on your coach, and depending on who you are as a player, you have to figure out where you fit in. And, you know, nowadays it's more of a, if it's not going my way, I'm going to leave, I'm going to transfer. If it's not going my way, then it's the coach's fault or this or that and so forth. I always believed in this. I believe that if you put the time in and the work ethic in, you were a good person, you did the things you were supposed to, and you could make that translate onto the court, then your coach would have no choice but to play you. And if they chose not to play you, that meant that you probably needed to look yourself in the mirror and reevaluate yourself as a player and as a person and who's around you. And understanding the perspective of a coach as well, knowing that they have sometimes up to 10, maybe even 15 players 
that they have to juggle. They have to figure out who's playing the best at the right time, who plays well together so that they have an opportunity to win. You know, that's a that's a tough thing to do. And being on the coaching training side now, I can see that. And I always think about even my my reactions as a player to my coach. I'm like, wow, I, I wish I would have never done that. But uh, back to what we were saying, you know, players nowadays have to understand if you can do a lot of different things, you're going to play on a team. You know, people always say, look at this guy. He's playing in the NBA. He can't shoot free throws. He can't do this. But the guy can play defense and can rebound. And it's it's a cliche statement. But at the end of the day, it's actually pretty true. If you can do something really good and help a team out and help a team win, you're going to have an opportunity to play high school basketball, college basketball, even, even beyond. It's just a matter of if you want to put in the work and you want to do it and you want to accept that role of who you are as a player. Not everybody can shoot the basketball like Steph Curry. You could spend 10 hours out of every day in practice and may never shoot as well as Steph Curry. Some of those things are natural and God-given. And, you know, you can become a great basketball player by training and playing, but there's certain limitations to every single person. So you have to figure out where you fit in as a basketball player and how you can continue to get better. But if you can understand that, you're going to have an opportunity to grow as a player. Wow, man, that's deep. That was heat right there, man. You were throwing crazy, crazy dimes right now. I love that. Love yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just, in, in all honesty, it's, it's you know, a person that's lived it. And I, I really feel blessed that, um, you know, when I was coming up as a high school basketball player, um, I was good. I played in Minnesota. I didn't play in a huge state, a, a basketball state, as I would say, but I was a good player. I wasn't the top player in my state by any means. I mean, maybe I was a top 25, 50 player in my state. And what that allotted me, you know, the ability was, is I knew that I had to work harder than everybody else. I knew that I had to do different and I knew I had to think differently because, you know, at the time I wasn't the best athlete. I wasn't the tallest. I couldn't, I didn't shoot the best. You know, I, I wasn't developed or as strong as some of the other guys. I knew that some of those things would come over time. I just had to give my, my body a chance to get there. But I also knew that I had to learn the game. I had to understand the game, when to score, when to pass, you know, how to talk to my teammates, what it took to win. All the other things that come outside of just simply shooting the basketball or dunking the basketball, those type of things. Like, I had to learn the game because I wasn't there, you know, athletically or skills-wise. And when everything else caught up, it started to click for me, and I continued to get better as I got older. Right. Yeah, that I, I completely understand that. What about, like, the confidence? I, I've noticed, you know, especially through AAU and, and high school and college games that I watch, I see certain kids, and you can see their demeanor, and you can see the – some have this – very arrogant confidence to them so they're actually very successful on the court and there's some kids out there it seems like their confidence is taken away whether they're they're, they're constantly looking at their coach they're constantly looking at their teammate they're constantly looking in the stands at their parent and it's like I, I i i tell kids in my program don't ever give up your confidence that that is your right and if you give it up that's your right no one should ever be able to take it away from you, no matter what they tell you. Don't don't give it up. Um, what what do you tell players that you see now that you're training in these um, pro sessions, um, in these combines, trying to get ready for, to go either go play overseas 
or in the NBA with confidence? Well, the, I think the, the, the biggest thing is that, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head that the confidence is yours and that nobody can take it away from you. And now the, 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 the crazy thing about it is, is it doesn't matter what level you play at. You know, there's, there's a lot of players that think you develop confidence when you get to game day, when you get on the court in game day and you're, you're throwing shots up and your coach doesn't care, your, your parents don't care, so on and so forth. That's not true. Confidence is developed when you're in the gym playing on your own or playing with your friends or in practice and you're taking and making shots or you're creating plays for your teammates that give you the confidence and understanding that you can do that. And then it's simply just applying what you've already done in that setting to another setting. And a lot of players have issues doing that, taking what they can do in practice and what they do in their training and applying it to games because there's more people watching. You know, they're looking at the coach's demeanor. They're looking at the parents' demeanor. And what that does is it takes away from the confidence that they should have with their training, you know. And confidence will take you a long ways. I've been the lowest with my confidence in basketball at times, and I've been at the highest too. I mean, when I played collegiate basketball um, my last couple of years, I mean, I felt like I was Michael Jordan at times. I mean, I went out on the court. Everybody loved me. My team was great. My coaches loved me. I could take any shot. I didn't ever look at the bench to come out. You know, I, my confidence was never shake or rattled. But, you know, two years later, you know, when I'm trying to make an NBA roster or I'm playing – you know, in the D-League for the Dallas Mavericks, my confidence was shook like no other. I didn't even know if I could play basketball I- anymore at one point. I-, I felt like I had lost all my skills. And what it was is because the adversity hit me, you know, really, really hard for that po- point in time in my life where, you know, I had to get my own confidence within and I had to try to figure out how to exert that or show that on the court when my opportunity was given and you know opportunity will always vary depending on the player depending on the system depending on the coach depending on the skill the the skill level the age level i mean there's so many different things that play a part in it and when i went from playing collegiate basketball and being the man you know my opportunity my my leash if you want to call it as a player was was long and when I went and started playing professional basketball, it was different because the game was different. The expectations were different. And so for me, I had to figure out how do I get my confidence back in a limited opportunity or a limited space or limited minutes or limited time. And if I can figure this out, I can play some years. If I can't, then it's going to end quick for me. And that, that applies to every player at every level. Some kids, it applies early on you know, at the AAU level. Some other kids, it'll apply at the high school level, some kids are fortunate to go to college, but then it'll apply then. Others will have an opportunity to play professionally like me, and sometimes it'll apply then. So this concept, it, it applies to everybody at every level. It's just people will meet it at certain times in their career. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, 100%. Um, what has the game taught you through life like that you use every day in life? I think the, the one of the biggest things – basketball in general has taught me that it isn't all about me as a person and what I've realized in you know everything that I do I can't think that the success or the failure all falls on my shoulder it's a team thing that's in in your workplace 
that's on the basketball court, that's in your relationships with your family and your friends. Yes. You start to learn that you have to take responsibility for everything that you do in your life. And for me, there's been teams that I played on where, you know, I was scoring a lot of points, rebounding. My statistics, my statistics were great, but my team was bad. And I had to realize what, what was I doing to, to either help or hurt that situation. There's been other times where, you know, I had decent numbers, but I was on a really good basketball team. I had to look at how I contribute to that and maybe how I hurt that situation. And for me, applying all those feelings and understanding where I fit in and what I can bring to the table and, you know, always evaluating myself as a person is extremely important. I mean, in my in my workspace right now, you know, I work with a ton of people around me that uh, give me the opportunity to be successful. You know, Dr. Dish Basketball isn't just Jefferson Mason. It isn't just one person. It's a group of, you know, 30, 40, 50 people working together in something that they believe. And if I don't do my part, just like on a basketball team, then it hurts what we're trying to do. But at the end of the day, it doesn't all fall on my shoulders. There's so many other people that do great things within our company at so many different levels that, you know, if things go good, it's because of them. You know, if things start to go sour, it's because all of us, you know, we all play a part in it. And so you start to realize that you got to be accountable for what you do every single day. It matters. It matters the things that you say. It matters how hard you get on the court and you practice and you train when you're playing on a team. It matters how, how you treat people around you and, you know, how you show yourself in any aspect of your career. And for me, it just it translated so well to work in that team form because everything that you do, you know, even if you're an entrepreneur and you work for yourself, there's a team aspect in it. You have to be able to work with people. You have to be able to listen to people. You have to be able to go through the ups and downs with people. And basketball really taught me that because I was successful and I also failed. And I learned through that adversity who I was and how I could maximize who I was as a person so that in anything that I did, I'd constantly give the best version of myself so that I could help my team on any level win. Right, man. I like that. That That's really great. And I like the vision that you brought in with Dr. Dish and how um, the people that you work and surround yourself with, with them um, tie in as a successful team. You know, it, it's not just you. It's not just anybody. Uh, it, it takes a team effort in order to succeed and grow as a unit. Um, and that that's 100% correct. Um, I, I commend you for that. And that that's really cool. I mean, I'm, I'm starting to do a little bit of work with you guys through Dr. Dish. And, you know, I know that you guys work with uh, a good friend of mine, Jordan Lawley and Ryan Rizuki. Um, and those guys are great. And they, they say nothing but great things about you guys and your shooting gun. Um, and I do know that, you know, obviously uh, the basketball game has to deal with making buckets, right? That's like the yeah. object of the game. Um, right. How great is that Dr. Dish Machine and, and your guys' uh, format that you guys use? Well, at the end of the day, I think our goal um, as a company has been to help players maximize their skill development and their potential as a player as quickly as possible. Uh, for me as a player growing up, and I can always go back to myself because I think 
I lived it. Um, I didn't have the, the tools or the equipment or even at times the people around me to help bring out the best in me. You know, I used to practice and play at parks all around my house. I mean, me and my brother and my cousins, we would just go to the park and play basketball. And, and I do believe there's a time and a place for that. I do believe that that is what's lost in the game these days. But also, you also need on-court training. You need to understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. And trainers like the guys that you mentioned um, are helping players reach those goals quicker. And our shooting machine gives players and coaches the opportunity to take players to the next level faster. I mean, obviously, if you can get, you know, thousands and thousands of reps up every day, every week, every year, that repetition, that learning the understanding of your strengths and your weaknesses from different areas, it's going to help you as a player. You know, it's going to give you the opportunity to be creative and try new things. If, if you get onto a basketball court and you're by yourself and you're rebounding for yourself, you know, or even if you have one coach rebounding for you, you know, you may get up several hundred shots. And, and a lot of times you'll focus on maybe one or two different things. But when you have the opportunity to get out hundreds and thousands of shots, you can really expand your game and try – doing different things. That's why there's guys like, you know, James Harden out here doing crazy step backs and all this is because he practices it all the time. Right. right? And practice is how you become great or how you master any sport. And so for us, we wanted to give trainers, coaches, players, the opportunity to take our machines, the repetition, pair that with some really cool technology to help players train game, like allow them to track their statistics, allow them to, you know, hear from some of the best in the business, some of the best NBA trainers out there, hear their knowledge, and then apply it to their game. Take what you want from what we can provide, build your own skills and your own game, and try to become the best version of yourself. And so every day we strive to help players, you know, get there, help coaches help their players get there. And, uh, you know, we're constantly adjusting, molding what we're doing so that we can be the best out there in, in what we do. Right, right. I like that. I really like that. Now, for for a player listening right now, um, what's a piece of advice you would give a, let's say, high school player, uh, mid-level college player? What what advice would you give them on their game? I would say, the before I would even say any advice on their game, I would say my first bit of advice would be enjoy it. Enjoy what you're doing and where you're at. I think everybody wants to get to the next level, whatever that is, so quickly that they forget to enjoy the game. They forget to enjoy the practices. They forget to enjoy uh, the wins and the losses, the, the weekend tournaments, the travel. They forget to, to love the relationships that they build, the learning. They forget all those things because they want to go from middle school to high school you know, high school to college, college to pro, they forget to love the game. And if you forget to love the game, you know, to a certain level, you're not going to want to play the game or you're not going to be the best version of yourself because you don't like doing it anymore. And I think that that's the number one thing is players have to learn to love the game again, especially at the collegiate level and at the professional level. It becomes so much more of a business. Right. And nowadays it's starting to be like that at the high school mm -hmm. level where you know, you, you go to practice and you play these games and there's all these cameras and social media 
and and coaches are wanting to win so badly and players are wanting to get scholarships that they forget that the game of basketball is supposed to be fun. And I promise you, if you have fun, you're going to want to get out there and play. I had fun as a young kid playing the game of basketball because I didn't have anybody pushing me to play basketball. You know, my father passed away when I was 11 years old. My stepdad loved basketball, but he never he never forced me to play. My mom, you know, neither. I didn't have a mentor or coach telling me that I needed to practice every day or anything like that. I just went out and played basketball because I loved to do it. And because I loved to do it, I wanted to get better. I wanted to learn. You know, I always had an itch to have a basketball in, in my hand or be on a basketball court. And that love carried me through high school up and downs. That love carried me through college up and downs. That love carried me through professional up and downs, but also pushed me to continue to be better. And then once I started to get good people around me, good coaches, good mentors, good trainers, you know, good tools and equipment to help me get better, it just took my game to another level exponentially. And I think that if players lose the love of the game, they'll get to a certain level and they'll, they won't want to get better. You see some of these guys in the NBA, they get, you know, a little bit of money and then they fall off the map. Yep. Well, is it, is it, is it because, is it because they're not good enough? I would beg to differ that they just become complacent or they lose the love for the game. And they're like, Hey, I made it. I got some money now. I'm doing other things. Basketball isn't as important as it was for me when I was a kid. And that happens to players at every single level. So Having the love for the game is the number one thing. And then constantly making sure that you're just trying to be the best version of yourself in every situation. You know, whether that's on the basketball court, off the basketball court, it means so much more than what people think. The relationships that you meet with people through basketball will affect you throughout your entire life. The person you are as a high school player will affect you, who the person you are if you're playing professional basketball or if you're in the professional world. And kids nowadays, they don't understand that because they're in a bubble or they have people around them that put them in a bubble. So, you know, if I had a kid in front of me and I had a kid say, you know, what are what are some things that I should focus on right now as a high school or college basketball player would be those things. Make sure that you have fun and make sure you're the best version of yourself in any situation yes yes drop the mic on that one liking that love it who was your favorite basketball player growing up oh that's an easy one michael jordan okay. uh, michael jordan was was my favorite i think that a lot of people could say that i was old enough uh to actually watch him play i think a lot of kids nowadays will say he's uh their favorite player never even seen him play uh which is which is awesome that's that shows how great he is but i had a chance to watch him when when i was young and growing up and my dad he was from chicago uh so you know for us when the bulls games came on it was me my brother and my dad we were sitting around the tv and and you couldn't tell us anything we were going to watch those games and and that's where i really you know got a love for the game of basketball because i saw how it brought families together you know, I saw the excitement and joy and the ups and downs of what a, 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 a championship would, would bring to a city or people. And to me, that was really cool, and I wanted to be a part of it. So, you know, Michael Jordan, he was transitioned to the game. I mean, he changed the game in so many different ways. He was an amazing player, obviously. Um, and, and I was a young kid when he was playing at his peak. So for me, that'll always stick with me, even though there's tons of great players out there. Michael Jordan will always be number one for me. Uh, for me, too. Exactly what you said. Family sitting around the TV, uh, me, my brother, my dad, 
We all did the same thing when MJ was playing. Um, I'm going to hit you with this question. Favorite Jordan shoe ever? That's that's another tough one, man. I mean... Uh, no, come on. You know, that's a, that's a tough one. I think... I like the 11s. Actually, um, I have... Uh, I just bought a pair yesterday, or two days ago, actually, in, um, in Los Angeles. So it was a unique colorway that they just came out with. I like the 11s, just... just the style of them, I think. Okay. Um, you know, for me, uh, I, I'm a I'm a Jordan fanatic. So, you know, if, if I can get a uh, my hands on a pair of a Jays, I'm gonna take them. But you know, to be quite honest with you, I never really, I never really played basketball in Jordans or anything like that. To me, it was always more of a style, and I think for most people, it's a style too. I know that there's a lot of people that actually do play in Jordans, but for me, um, I, I don't know. I never wanted to play basketball drawers i always prefer to just wear them um but you know um i, I would say that the, the the cool grays you know those will always be a um i think an all-time favorite or the concords i mean those are those are ones that um not a lot of people have and right. um you know they're they're always iconic so if you see if i see a person you know with with some of some of those on i'm always like hey man love your shoes i got respect for your shoe game you know because you know what's up so to me those are are, are always going to be kind of my my top of the lines right there okay right on i like that what was your favorite move to hit on somebody in a game whether it was a pull-up jumper step back take the ball to the cup what'd you do so it, it actually, um, I, I wrote a blog post on this um, probably like two and a half years ago uh, through Doctor Dish, and I, I included a couple of videos on it as well. Okay. My favorite move was my favorite, and you probably could go on uh, YouTube. The videos are so old now, but I have a couple really cool highlighted plays. Uh, the in and out cross okay. was was my was my go to move, and the reason being is is if you master the in and out cross, it's such a simple move. If you if you master it and you have some athleticism or ability to shoot the basketball, it's almost unstoppable. If you do the in and out and the the player doesn't move, then you just continue and you attack the hoop. If you do the in and out and the player jumps, you cross back over. You either have the jump shot, depending on the angle, you can go to the hoop. And for me, um, it, it was just a go-to move. I mean, I literally got two to three players every game at least in high school college and even at the professional level i mean i remember one of my old teammates uh jamar diggs he actually plays um in france right now professionally we played together as rookies and i remember one day he told me he's like i I can't believe that people fall for that weak move you do it all the time and i started laughing i said hey it's only a weak move if it doesn't work and uh i mean if you go and look at my highlights i got a lot of in and out crossovers going to the hoop for dunks in and outs you know for dunks and so for me it was just a go-to move that i mastered um and that i i love teaching players today i mean sometimes it clicks for other guys sometimes it doesn't but for me it was it was a one that always worked every single game and even to this day when i play in you know you know influencer celebrity games or i play in the men's league back home i mean the move still works nice i love that and if people wanted to reach out to you get some advice maybe talk to you about dr dish uh, get some training, whatever. Where can they find you? Um, they can find me. Uh, my personal handle on Twitter, uh, Instagram is Jefferson Mason Four. Otherwise, um, Doctor Dish B Ball is the one that you want to reach out to. We have um, a ton of people, including myself, that are producing some amazing content. They can always answer any questions, whether that's on Twitter 
whether that's on Instagram. So Dr. Dish B-Ball, otherwise, uh, drdishbasketball.com is another great resource. We have, um, you know, our blog on there as well, constantly coming out with a lot of cool stuff on not only skill development stuff, but also, you know, how to handle life things, you know, outside of basketball, school, parents, coaches, I mean, so many different oh. things, so many, um, you know, re- reliable assets there that players um, and even coaches and parents can look into. So I would say check us out on, on all of those different channels on YouTube as well. And, and hopefully we have something on there that can, can help a young player or, or a coach that's looking for some advice. Oh, man, I really like that. I didn't know you guys e- either had all that as well. So, yeah, go to all my listeners out there. Definitely go hit up drdishbasketball.com. Um, I'm going to be doing that as well. Uh, that is amazing. But, uh, man, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Mason, you dropped the mic. You threw some crazy heat on those passes and, and knowledge today. I truly, truly am blessed to have you on my show. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate you having me. It's a blessing for sure.